Hello, welcome to the Loney Show. I'm your host, John Maloney. In this episode, uh, Eric Taylor will eventually come, but if not, well, the show must go on. As for our guests, they're both from Dallas, Texas. They're co-authors of thrillers and short stories, awarding, award-winning thrillers of Enigma series, and a, and a foundation of real technology threats with, with the cyber heroes of the R group versus the cyber thugs of the darkness. Ooh, interesting. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Rox Berkey and Charles Brakefield. Woo! Thank you so much. Nice oh, to see you. How are you? Good copy. Very good copy. <laughs> Thank you. So, how's life? Well, I've always uh, I've always enjoyed it. Um, <laughs> it, uh, it the, the good the good thing about it is that it comes with a free trip around the sun. So uh, I just uh, I'm, I'm I'm delighted. Okay, nice. And uh, is there anything you've been up to much recently? You know, we, we uh, are very busy because we, we have full-time jobs, but we also really enjoy writing. So recently we released a new, a new book. It's actually a cozy mystery, which is our first into that genre. Um, and, and we borrowed a few of the characters from the uh, Enigma series to do that. And it's, it's, only been out a week, but it's been received pretty well. We're excited about it. Wow, nice. And what what inspired you to write a story about within the Enigma series? Well, we started off writing uh, technical manuals uh, way back in the day, first part of the century. And uh, um, they're usually out of date by the time you get finished with them. So um, Rox showed up one day and said, new idea. Let's do fiction with the technical facts baked into it. So let's uh, let's make this into a story, uh, much like you would see in the uh, you know um, around the campfire in the old days of the uh, of the, uh, the um, storytelling doing uh, a as uh, an oral uh, tradition. So that's uh, that's kind of where we got uh, we got hooked on the uh, the Enigma series. The only difference is we kind of ripped the headlines from the. Uh... From the day's news or we put the headlines out there depending on who gets it first um and so we take a threat you know an existing threat you know one like i'm sure you heard of called identity theft and we bake that into the whole storyline of the good guys versus the bad guys at the cyber level hmm. interesting and how long have you been working on the enigma series for well, we started the uh, the first one, first iteration of it, the first draft was uh, 2012. So uh, we're right at the 10 year mark. Wow, incredible. <clears throat> and what do you like about being authors? Being authors gives us a chance to not only use the information that we get in our professional careers from a technology perspective, but it also gives us a chance to be creative and to a degree, kind of put warnings out to people that they need to protect their identity or they need to be uh, uh, ever vigilant as they deal uh, across the internet. Okay, great. And what, what have been the high and low points about being authors in general? Well, uh, reviews are always a, 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 tough, uh, a tough discussion. People like the stuff that, the, uh, that you do. Um, and then they move on, and uh, they forget to, uh, you know, add the uh, 
a, a comment or a, a, a kind word or you know something about the uh, you know I really enjoyed how you know this character uh, was done. So um, we actually had a reviewer uh, uh, send through a note and say I didn't want to. I just didn't want to like the uh, that character, but I I couldn't help myself. He was he was so thoroughly evil, but I felt sorry for him. That's probably one of the best uh, reviews um, I can I can recall because it was it was so honest and so uh, accurate. Okay. Yeah, and I think that's that's a good highlight of what's going on. I think I think that you know not having more success that we thought we would have from day one uh, reminded us how hard you have to work to make things happen, and so you know improving on marketing having the good fortune to be on podcasts such as yours and be able to share information with a, with a, I don't know, a more uh, diverse crowd, a, a more diverse crowd across the world. It, it really makes, makes sense for us because our books actually do take, take place in various places around the globe. Yeah, absolutely. And I also, also heard you're also technologists as well. That's true. We've, uh, um, speaking for myself, um, Roxanne is also uh, a technologist as well, but uh, I've worked on uh, global teams, um, worked uh, with uh, British Telecom uh, for them and Hewlett Packard, um, Nortel Networks. Uh, we've, uh, we've, been, we've been secundered to uh, help train others in the technology field. So we get to see an awful lot of, uh, of the um, the fun stuff, some of the future stuff, and some of the things that people say that can't be right. That that's that isn't around. It's like already here. You just don't know about it. And and we've been around technology to the degree that we have seen a, a huge acceleration of technology adoption by individuals more so than the original business adoption that technology track took. And also some of the pitfalls of technology. Not that there are always good sides, but there are always some pitfalls to to new innovations. Hmm. All right then. And out of all the books in the Enigma series, what has been your favorite to write? Oh wow, that, that's a tough one, Peter. That's like saying, which one of your children do you like better? The crypto. The crypto. The, the, I think the cryptocurrency one, book number 10, um, The Enigma Source. Um, we had a lot of fun with that one. A lot of research went into that one. And um, we actually had postulated that uh, uh, Venezuela would actually need to go into a, uh, uh, take their economy into a digital format and use cryptocurrency. And then before we get the book published, they popped up and, and announced, hey, we're going with cryptocurrency here in, in uh, Venezuela uh, because our our inflation is so bad and um well there it is so it's like wow you know it's really spooky to be able to uh, write about something and have it come true okay and is there, is there a certain genre of somewhere within the enigma series you you've really thought about wanting to write someday um that's a really good question to be honest with you and so um, you, you know, the series itself is based on thrillers. So there, there are the cyber good guys against the cyber thugs with the intrigue and the world travel and all the thrills that go along with that. But we found when we released some of the books that the reviewers, in some cases, were really interested 
in trying to learn about the backstories of some of the characters or uh, how the R group, which is the cyber heroes of our, our series, how they came to be. And so we have written a smattering of, of short stories that are in different genres, um, you know, contemporary uh, women's fiction as an example, but probably the, the one we had the most recent fun with released last year was the historical fiction out of Poland, which um, goes into the origination of the R group, the actual forefathers uh, that happened uh, by three young men as they were escaping Poland when German was overrunning their borders in 1939. So we had, uh, again, a lot of research in that one, a lot of fun in creating that one. Yeah. Okay, that's incredible. Is there any way these books in the Enigma series actually link up with one another? Like, is it are these stories about centered around one character's family, or is it just like an, a massive universe of different diverse characters within each story in the Enigma series? Well, uh, to, to be fair, uh, we write each book so that they can be written or re read um, individually and still be enjoyed. Nobody. Uh, nobody likes saying, "Oh, you got to start at the beginning to read the, uh, uh, the to read book twelve. You need to read the, the first eleven. Yeah, they are richer uh, in that uh, in that context, but um, we, d we deliberately write them so that you can uh, you pick one up and say, "I want to read this one," and that's the only one I'm interested in. Okay, we want it to be a satisfying experience. Now, with the uh, but what happens is that characters mature, they age, they. Um, sometimes they, I don't want to play anymore. Um, we, uh, we take that, um, we take that input from, and this sounds, it may sound a little silly, but we take, do take that input from the characters that we're writing about, because sometimes they say, no, take me this way, take me that way. So the R group has people uh, joining, um, evolving, um, you know, standard life um, activities. Because you know these are you know even though they're fictional people they're they're also evolving. So um, our character universe is uh, quite I would consider quite rich at 150 characters. So um, that's um, as we shuttle people in, we take people out. I mean it uh, it allows for a good story stream that um, brings in new, breathes, breathes new life into the uh, storyline. And one of our favorite characters to the, to the point of, uh, uh, part of the point of your question, one of our favorite characters that evolves in the story is actually our supercomputer and his name is Ichabod. Yeah. And Ichabod evolves because technology evolved. So every time he appears in a story, he's gained new capabilities, new insights, new ways to help partner with the R group to defeat the, the threats from the dark net. Yeah. But by book number five, he's trying, he's trying to understand humor. And so we have a, uh, an interesting exchange with uh, his, uh, um, his creator, um, Quip, and the, uh, you know, the, the computer trying to learn, okay, why is this funny? And so we, uh, we exercise him a, a little bit here and there, and he picks up new attributes um, in each book. And uh, it's a it's sort of an evolution process. Okay, nice, nice. What's the most useful thing you own? 
the most useful thing we own? Yep. Our creativity. No, it's not creativity. For you, it's your Harley. <laughs> well, I go without saying. <laughs> Charles does like his Harley. He he takes it out um, often, riding yeah. the hills and Dale. Yeah. Well, I mean, she's got a name too. Right? That's Swan. So, you know, she gets uh, grumpy if I don't take her out on Saturdays. And then, um, well, there it is. All right. Okay. If you could live anywhere in the world, where would it be? Does it have to be full time? Because I, I like living in, in Texas. But if I had an alternate place that I could go, I really would like to go and live in Australia or New Zealand. That's me. Oh, uh, yeah. I kind of like, yeah, I kind of like the, um, you know, the Caribbean. Um, the Virgin Islands has always held a, uh, an interesting attribute uh, as a as an offshoot from uh, from being in Texas full time, so uh, yeah, there's a um, we've been uh, we've been all over the planet, so uh, you know, and there's so many places that are nice to visit, but I sure do like coming home, getting on the Harley, and reading and seeing the Texas countryside. Hmm. All right, then, great. If you could travel back in time, what decade would you want to live in? Hmm. Well, come on, madam, you're the one that, that, that always has such a, you know. Uh, well, you know, I, I honestly enjoy reading a lot. And one of my favorite things to read are, you know, like Victorian romance based novels. But I would only like to do that if I could be in England and be part of the elite class, you know, one of the one of the minor, minor uh, uh, titled people would be my my fancy for that and and you know wear those wonderful clothes but that that would be that would be me uh, with my luck i would say okay i, I want to see world war ii and i'd probably be a foot soldier you know and that's that would be like you know, you know how dumb is that you know so i don't know um but yeah i like the uh, the uh, world war ii um i'm a you know i just i've never uh Never get enough information about it. Uh, whatever theater, the Eastern theater, the uh, you know the Western theater, the uh, you know, Asia Pacific uh, theater, all of that is fascinating to me. <clears throat> I guess because you know watching how a world could go insane and continue to battle themselves until everybody says, "Okay, we give up." And, and to be honest, it would be fun to be in a point in time where technology is not inserted into every waking moment. You know, we could have real conversations with real people. That would be delightfully exciting, like like this. You know, I mean, having a conversation with you is is wonderful. Well, a lot of that is uh, is based on the fact that the uh, the Enigma machine that the Germans uh, uh, pioneered for their communications, basically the progenitor for the computer that we're talking through and uh, slinging voice across the and halfway across the planet. So, those are those are key backstories and thought processes for us as we're writing in today's world. Absolutely. If you could erase one past experience, what would it be? Could erase what? I'm sorry? If you could erase one past experience. Oh, one past experience. Wow. I don't know. You start erasing experiences either as an individual or as whole 
countries and, and the downstream effect is so unknown. You know, I guess if it's a personal experience, and I'll let Charles do his next, but if it was a personal experience, you know, I would have pursued that career and become a doctor. I did not know that about you, Adam. <laughs> um, and for me, I probably wouldn't because um, all of the uh, the mistakes, all of the you know, um, you know heartache, all of the the good times, the bad times, um, they all contribute to who I am now. So go back and erase something that you know um, taught me a lesson, however harsh. Um, would be, I would think, foolhardy at, at, the, at this stage of my career. It's like, no, I needed that beating. I needed that, uh, that, that bullied, you know, the whip up on me so that I know how it feels. I don't want to be, you know, have everything so wonderful that, um, did you ever have any hard times? Well, no, because I, I got them all erased. Ugh, boy, are you dull. <laughs> all right, then. What's your favorite ice cream topping? Whipped cream. Chocolate. All right, then. <laughs> Did you want us to think about it longer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, good answers. What is the best way to start the morning? The best way to start the morning for me is to be able to have about two hours of absolute me time to just do nothing but write. I'm much better at writing first thing in the morning before, you know, everything starts bothering me, I guess, for lack of a better term, or intruding on my private time. But what I like to do is I like to get the, the hound dog, you know, walk, fed and walked, and then parked. You know, he got a full tummy, so he's not, you know, bouncing around saying, let's go, boss, let's go. And then I want to sit down and write. I want to make sure that, um, you know, I'm, I'm Contributing to the uh, the information and story flow to my partner, Rox Berkey, so that uh, she's got the stuff to be able to consider, and we have um, discussion time after uh, we've got the we, we've whacked on the next story. Um, those are very valuable uh, moments. Just uh, just walking the dogs, having uh, a conversation, talking about the story threads, this character development, what uh, what's right and what's wrong, and you know, take on the rest of the day. Okay, nice. If you have to pick between skydiving, bungee jumping, or scuba diving, which one would you choose? You go first. <laughs> I, would, I would go for scuba diving because seeing all the creatures in the sea would be, for me, I think very, very exciting. I think the others are, are something where you're, it's just you against the rest of the world. But I, I kind of like the idea of floating around in the water and, you know, sharks don't interest me much, but the rest of it would be fun. <laughs> well, you know, all you have to do is watch me, you know, try to get out of the water with a barracuda after me. I mean, that's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's always entertaining. <clears throat> but I have to tell you, skydiving, no. And the reason is I worked with a delightful uh, young lady um, who had, was a, a teamed up with the uh, hurricane chasers in, uh, in Louisiana. And her parachute, she, they taught her to, uh, to, uh, to, uh, to jump. And one time her parachute candled and she took it all the way to the ground. And I'm, I'm sitting there stunned. I said, how did you survive? She said, well, you know, uh, the wind had blown me just enough far forward 
to be able to ride a tree trunk down and help break my fall and then crash into the needles at the uh, at the base of the tree. That's the only thing that saved my life, Charles. And I went, um, I'm stunned. So um, with that story in my mind, and she pulled out the, the, all of the uh, pictures and showed me, I'm like, um, I, I'm, I'm not there for you on skydiving. I'm sorry. Hmm, okay. Okay. Did you meet anyone famous? <laughs> so I, years ago, I ended up in New York City and went to this wonderful restaurant at the time that was called the Russian Tea Room. And it was very fun. And it was, it was like a, you know, an eye opening thing to be able to go uh, to this with my, um, uh, my mom and my, my dad at the time. And we went to this and we sat in this wonderful little table. And I don't know if you've ever been to New York, but the, the tables in the, in the restaurant at that point in time were very, very, very close. And there across the way, I could see Elizabeth Taylor. So I didn't meet her, but I did wave at her. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right, then. No, for, for me, um, I had the, uh, I'm not sure I can qualify it on the air properly uh, without some of the expletives that come to mind. But I have worked for, in close proximity, the billionaire Mark Cuban. Wow. Okay. Nice, nice. What was the last book you've read? Um, I read the uh, the book just before the one that uh, book number four in the series of the uh, the Magnolia Bluff Crime Chronicle series, book number four. You won't know when or how. It's a cozy mystery, and it uh, it uh, it's the one just ahead of the uh, the one that we created called the flower enigma so um that's the uh, that was the, i just finished that one uh, yesterday and i just finished um and reviewed a book that i mean it was heart-wrenching and humorous and sad and and eye-opening called black and white tales of the texas highway patrol uh, by a gentleman named ben english that i never realized how much law enforcement gave back to the community for decades if they were in that career and the stories are again phenomenal just phenomenal i happened to listen to it from an audiobook perspective and it it was i recommend it like if i could give 10 stars for it i would okay great great do you think a hot dog is a sandwich no. I've never thought of it without those terms. So, uh, no. Uh. All right, then. Fair enough. I respect <laughs> your opinions. What has been the most stressful situation you've been in? Hmm. My have... most stressful situation would have to be um, when, I, when I actually got laid off for the very first time from a job. I was, I was crushed. I was unprepared. It, it wasn't because of a performance issue. So it was very surprising. And the stress came from, oh my gosh, how am I going to meet my bills? And it was, it was for me, it was, it was really crushing. Dying. That was stressful. Yeah. No, and for me, the most stressful one was uh, getting the phone call from my brother's wife 
saying he had passed away. Okay. I don't know. You've got some great questions going here, sir. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. But that what about the, the, the hot dog being a sandwich? Man, I'm gonna I'm gonna puzzle over that one the rest of the day. I'm telling you. <clears throat> oh yeah. How much time do you spend on the internet? At least ten hours a day. Yeah, I would say close to eight to ten hours a day, and, and probably most of that is with, because of my job. Yeah, yeah. Because we're well after the pandemic, most of the uh, the jobs, particularly for people like us, I'm in the tele telecommunications arena, so everything is voice for me and data, and getting it to remote areas, it, you know. So we we basically we eat our own dog food. We're always always on phone or always on the um, network. Um, and it's always across the internet, so uh, it's a it's an easy uh, step to say we're on online ten hours a day. All right, cool, cool. What were the silliest things you believed when you were younger? The silliest thing, but I still believe it though. <laughs> Santa Claus, I'm, I'm you know people keep telling me Santa Claus isn't isn't there, but I'm I'm not I'm not buying it. Santa Claus is it. Okay. The silliest thing I ever saw, me believe, until just last week, um, was uh, we had a, a 1950s um, car, uh, a Buick to be specific. And the, uh, the high beam, low beam um, switch was a, a toggle switch mounted on the floorboard not on the, uh, on, on the uh, steering wheel like they are today. And so my dad conned me and my brothers into blowing on the um, the dashboard from over his shoulder. And he goes, "Okay, I need to drop the uh, the, the, the high beam down to low beam. Blow on the on the dashboard." And, we go, and he'd click it without us knowing where that that switch was. And he dropped the high beam. And he goes, "Okay, good kid, good kids, good kids. All right, all right." And then it's like, "Okay, car's gone past. All right, blow again so I can go to the high beam." All right, that. <laughs> oh man. And that is all we have for this episode. It was great having you here, Roxanne and Charles, about talking about your work on the Enigma series, work Sonata, and everything else. It's been amazing. Oh, it has. We just love your questions. Fun, fun, fun time with you today. Yeah. And Thank you. And to be honest, I need to go find the hot dog someplace. <laughs> no, I'm hungry about about that. <laughs> Oh, boy. And until next time, stay tuned for more. And we're clear. Thank you again. Thank you, sir. You're welcome. Oh, and Eric, you, 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 it just ended. Eric, the episode just ended. Oh, my gosh. Hi, Eric. Hi, Eric. Oh. oh. We, we embarrassed him. No, nah, no, nah, it's all right. It, it actually happens at times. But yeah, it was, it was, great, it was great having you on here. Thank you again. <laughs> Have a great day. Thank you, Peter. You too.